0: Welcome to the Jack and John podcast.
1: I'm still Jack.
0: I'm still John. And
1: we're on a mission.
0: To help you focus on Christ. So, well, today we're talking about Jesus as our resurrection on this resurrection weekend. So, uh, to begin with, last week we talked about, you know, Palm Sunday and how Jesus had come into the city basically at the beginning of Passover week. And the the city had swelled to five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand, or ten times its normal size, um, just because everybody coming to Jerusalem uh, to celebrate Passover.
1: And John just to interject: I know
0: you weren't ready no, for this, I'm,
1: but uh, on his way, uh, he had been called by Martha, Mary, the sisters of Lazarus, right. to come and uh, heal him, and he he delayed. before he came. Maybe the plan uh, was, as he came in to the Passover, uh, to initiate the Lord's Supper and then to move through uh, his crucifixion and then resurrection. But he says something interesting when he's there in Bethany and when he is getting ready to resurrect Lazarus, because Lazarus dies of that illness and Jesus resurrects him. Mm -hmm. And he says to Martha, who comes out to him when he's on his way into the city and kind of scolds him? If you had come when you call you were called, he wouldn't have died. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me will never die. Yeah. Yet he will live. And so he's, he's on his way then. He he stops there and gives us that beautiful, beautiful I am uh, statement of I am the resurrection and the life, and now he's going on his way to celebrate Passover, and then eventually to die and to resurrect. So there you go.
0: It was definitely intentional because he was demonstrating to everyone, the disciples and and the Pharisees and everyone else, that he has the power over death. And he can resurrect himself. Right. That's power. And and he predicted. He told his disciples. I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to die, I'm going to raise to life. Many times. Still still missed it, you yes. know? And so I, I don't know if you could make it any more plain than to actually raise someone from the dead as a way to show that, hey, I can raise people from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> the example! There <laughs> you know, here go. <laughs> Here's your sign. Um, so, it, but... So here we are. We're okay. still in Passover go, week. Go, go, we're go. still in Passover week. And I just want to give you a little bit of a picture because you know when we talk about Passover, we always talk about the 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 Exodus story and, you know, the plagues that that were God sent on Egypt. And uh, I think we need to relate that to this week Passover week leading into Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, okay? Um, the first nine plagues that God sent on the Egyptians were an attack on the Egyptian gods, and they were an attack on That's Pharaoh. Right. That's right. Because Pharaoh was basically perceived as Horus incarnate. He was one of the, the Egyptian, Egyptian gods in the flesh, Okay? And so everything that Moses and Aaron did was an, an affront to Pharaoh, not just as king, but as the God. as over they the worship God. Yeah. Yes. And so those first nine attacks uh, were directed that, but the tenth plague was different. The 10th plague see, the first nine it always says that the children of Israel in that land of Goshen were spared. Not not so with this plague. Not so with this plague. Because this plague was going to be the death of the firstborn. Mm-hmm. And it says not a house in Egypt. There was not a single house in Egypt that did not have a death. And that the wailing was such as had never been heard across the whole land. So well, what happens to stop The angel of death Mm -hmm. from taking the firstborn of the children of Israel. The Passover. Right. The Passover. So what happens with the Passover? Well, God basically says to Moses, this is going to be your first month of the year. We're changing the calendar because that's how important this is. I need you guys to remember this. Always. This is going to be a festival from now on, and on the 10th day of that first month, um, you're going to select a one-year-old male lamb without blemish, and the, the lamb would be observed for five days to ensure that it was without blemish. And then on Nisan 13, which is, you know, four days, because you got 10, 11, 12, 13, so four days, then all of the leaven is removed from the house. You know what leaven represented, right? Yeast
1: or sin. It's the
0: yeast, but it represented sin. Right. And so they would remove all of the leaven from their house. Now, after the initial Passover, you know, Fast forward to when this is in Jerusalem, once they've established that kingdom, uh, they, they would kind of cheat on this a little bit, because they would remove the leaven from their house, but like foods that contained leaven and stuff like that, um, they would sell them to their Gentile neighbors, and then buy them back <laughs> after. This is kind of a funny little thing. Um, Then on Nisan 14, you would would welcome guests, and the first thing you would do is wash their feet.
1: Sounding like something familiar. Sounds like something familiar, doesn't
0: it? (laughs) That's right. You can look at John chapter 13 for that. Now, one of the things I want to do, because Jesus had said to his disciples, I want to eat the one last Passover meal with you. Okay, And we think about Jesus as coming to Jerusalem for the Passover. This wasn't a new thing. This was an annual pilgrimage. So from the time he was a little boy, every year they would go to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Um, We know about this first because when he was 12 years old, he got left behind. The temple, right? He's he's staying in the temple. Parents had to go back and get him. So the Passover was not a new thing for him. This was just part of the, the the annual tradition. But this Passover was very different. And I just want to go through with you a little bit of the ritual to help you help us understand something of okay. what what might have happened with that last okay. supper. Does that work? Sure. Okay. Jack, if you want to cut in, just elbow me because I, I usually do. You know, do. I don't mean to monopolize <laughs> here. Um, so there was a table setting that was defined for the Passover meal. Um, they'd have four glasses of ritual wine set at each seat. They'd have one plate. They'd have the cutlery. They'd have a napkin, candles. Um, unleavened bread, vegetables, and vinegar or bitter herbs. Okay. I'm just going to read for you uh, from Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. There are four I will. Statements here for each of those ritual cups of wine, I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians and I will deliver you from slavery to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who has brought you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. Um, now, in the Passover meal, after, after sitting, uh, the, the head of the family uh, would say what they call the Kiddush or the prayer of sanctification. And here's the basically the gist of that prayer. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has created the fruit of the vine. And you, O Lord, our God, have given us festival days for joy. This feast of the unleavened bread, the time of our deliverance in remembrance of the departure from Egypt. Blessed are you. O Lord, our God, who has kept us alive, sustained us, and enabled us to enjoy this season. Um, And then we'll go on just a little more with the same prayer. Uh, Blessed are you, O Lord, who has created the fruit of the vine. Blessed are you, O Lord, who has kept us alive, sustained us, and enabled us to enjoy this season. So the first cup of wine is poured, and that is for sanctification. And then the head of the house would quote the first verse of Exodus or actually the first verb, the Hebrew verb um, and say, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And then the first cup is drunk. That's the cup of sanctification. Um, Just some Bible references for this um, in terms of the last supper you can look at luke 22:17 um and then john 13:3 through 5 and john 13:12 through 17 there are three loaves of unleavened bread okay or the or the matzah and the middle loaf is removed and broken into the smaller half is eaten, um, and the larger half is hidden until later in the meal. And typically, according to the tradition, it had to be found, it had to be discovered by a child. So it would be hidden, and then a child would have to find it. Um, then there's a point in the meal where they they dip a vegetable into bitter herbs, and it would typically be something like parsley. And they dip it in, and it would look like tears, essentially. Okay. Um, And it's interesting because we read in Matthew 26, verses 20 through 25, Jesus says, the one who dips
1: his hand with me in the bowl.
0: Yeah. Um, So that was just a part of the, the normal traditional meal. Then you've got the second cup of wine, which by the way, in between cups of ritual wine, um, it was okay for them to drink the non-ritual wine. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> so, second cup of wine represented the place. It's an
1: academic humor.
0: That's right. And the verb, <laughs> the verb that was used is "I the I will free you." Okay. Um. This this particular cup's not probably not mentioned in the, the gospels, but it's traditionally drunk, after the Passover story is told. Okay? Um, And then, after the second cup, that's when the second half of the middle loaf of matzah is found and eaten. The child brings it to the head of the table, which, imagine this, okay? A child is bringing this to Jesus. And do you suppose you can guess what Jesus said when he brings that middle loaf, the second half of the loaf that's broken, and he hands it to Jesus? What does Jesus say?
1: This is my body, broken for you.
0: Absolutely. Jesus takes that middle loaf of the three loaves. Imagine what that represents. And he says, this is my body, which is broken for you. I just want you to stop for a second and put yourself in that Last Supper with what we know and what we experience through the Holy Spirit and through our understanding. The disciples didn't have that gift at that moment. They're still just trying to figure this out. But could you imagine putting yourself in that moment?
1: Yeah, Jesus, in my view, kind of stops in the middle of something holy and makes it more holy. Right. Because when you, when you look at what you said, what they were doing was they were celebrating coming out of Egypt. So that's the Christian coming out of sin, out of the world, uh, out of slavery. That was next. That's the slavery to sin. Right. And brings them to uh, a new land, a new place. And that is the Holy Land or... Uh, Christianity being in Christ, having the uh, righteousness of Christ imputed to us, and then ultimately uh, through that hope, now we are ushered into heaven itself. So, He stops in the middle of all of the those three loaves, all of the the different bitter herbs, the dipping of the bread, the different cups of wine, and He says very simply, "Here is the bread." This is a new covenant I given to you that this bread represents my broken body broken for you. And this cup represents the spilled blood, my blood that is the new covenant in my blood. Drink all of it in remembrance of him who is going to now change the death angel passing over to forgive the sin and the blood of the lamb to becoming Jesus Christ's blood and now death passes over us, so that now we are ushered into heaven itself. That's kind of a simplified, uh, brief explanation right. of what holy thing Jesus does in the middle of that Passover celebration in that upper room that night.
0: It's, it's like what he told Pilate
1: mm-hmm.
0: when, when he's on trial this is the moment I came here for. Mm-hmm.
1: He so, referred to my hour in the right. scriptures a lot in the gospels right. speaking about that moment. Right. That time. Says,
0: yeah. So this is my body which is broken for you. Then the head of the household takes the third cup of ritual wine. And he says the third verb that's used there in that passage in Exodus. I will redeem you. (laughs) Imagine that. This is the Passover that these people have celebrated for generations. And here's the Passover lamb. He says, This is my blood, which is spilled out for you.
1: And so, if you can imagine the change yeah. of having to bring that Passover lamb over and over and over and over again. Right. Jesus dies once for all, one sacrifice for all time, for all sin. Uh, what it, how, how, um, how much is in that truth of Jesus Christ, the perfect lamb, uh, dying once for all? becoming sin for all receiving everyone's sin upon himself Um, I think the Passover helps us understand and see that in a clear stronger
0: way I'm going to just look up Matthew 26 I just want to read it I just think that we need to read it Uh, it's also Luke 22 um, verse 20 so here we go. Matthew 26, uh, 27 through 28. Um, now, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it. All of you, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. There's another interesting piece that follows with that, and that is the fourth cup. The fourth cup, the verb is, I will take you. I will take you as my people. This is considered the cup of completion. This is the cup of completion. When Jesus is in the garden of the olive press and he's crying out to God, what does he say? Father, let this cup pass from me. What the heck was he talking about? You know, it's like, let this cup... Many people say, oh, the cup of bitterness, the cup of... No, he's talking about the cup of completion. Because the completion is, is fulfilling exactly. the sacrifice. That unblemished lamb has to be sacrificed. Now, that firstborn male lamb that was sacrificed during the Passover... It's, it's kind of gross to talk about it because, you know, when when we fix food, like if you were, it's already slain. It, yeah, if you're butchering
1: it yourself,
0: <laughs> well, you know, you would you dress it. You know, you you take out the innards and all that. No, no, the the traditional Passover lamb, as God commanded the the children of Israel, was was roasted whole. Guts and everything. And um, you were supposed to have what your family could eat. And so if you had a big family, well, you do one lamb. If you were a small family, you might get two families together and do one lamb. Um, And then you had to eat it. And then whatever you didn't eat, you had to burn it. Hmm. Um, And you weren't allowed to leave the house until the next day. Um, So anyway, here's Jesus understanding fully what it means at this point. I mean, he already understood. um, But when he says, take this cup from me, he's talking about the cup of completion. And then what does he say from the cross? The last, the last thing he says. Yeah. It is finished. It is finished. Mm -hmm. Into thy hands. I commit my spirit. He drank Mm -hmm. the cup. Mm -hmm. It is finished. Um, And then, you know, we talked about this before. We're not going to go, into each of the psalms at on this episode maybe we'll do this another time but but he talks about uh, in, in during the Passover festival they would sing the psalms of praise and and there's a list of those um, and that's how they finish it up um, Jack you got anything else you want to add to this well
1: Maybe we do another episode on, sure. on Easter because our resurrection day we, we prefer to call it. Um, because there's so much uh, depth in what you just spoke of, and so many thoughts came to my mind that Jesus completed uh, the work of salvation. He completed what he came to do, and he did that through the resurrection. But you know what? You have to have a death before you can have a resurrection you have to have a cross before you can have a crown and what I was going to speak of was when Jesus Christ resurrected came to life he was given the key of death and of Hades he came out of that grave he conquered death he conquered the grave and he is in control now of the grave of death of Hades of hell of the place of the dead, and of heaven itself. And I think that that's amazing. Revelation 1.8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the Alpha and the Omega, and he holds the key. He has the authority. He has the power over death, hell, the grave, and heaven. he now has uh, uh all of the deity of of God the godhead, and uh, he now stands uh and he is in control uh, I think if i was going if we're gonna finish this up in revelation twenty one uh we see what this uh what this exactly looks like now. For the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. It is finished. I drank the cup of completion and says again, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give him the spring from the water of life without payment, it says, through grace. Amen. Amazing. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Amazing completion of all that God planned from the beginning. And we see it through the Passover, through Jesus completing that, instituting the Lord's Supper, and now through him, we will forever dwell as His people. He will be our God where there's no more tears, no more pain, no more darkness in heaven itself.
0: That's a lot. That's so so beautiful. <laughs> I tell you, um, guys, I hope that when you think about this and you picture Jesus with His disciples um, on that night that He was betrayed, I... I just hope that you can feel those goosebumps when we talked about that. Um, I just can't imagine being in that room and having that experience of the Lamb of God. All right. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, Please reach out to us. Uh, We love you guys, and we will see you next time.